Welcome back to Drinks First. I am joined today with a guest of mine who I was really nervous about interviewing. <laughs> um, very honestly, today I'm joined by my ex-boyfriend's best friend. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> And the reason why, well, we had talked about it before, like yeah. when, when I was in a relationship, but in the midst of my breakup, it was one of my ex-boyfriend's parting wishes <laughs> that uh, you still come on the podcast. Yeah, and one so, of his last rites. Yeah, one, exactly. <laughs> one, of, one of his last requests. And so, you know, to respect his requests and... You know, the, the what we had discussed, because I think you would be and are like a great person anyway for this podcast, like happy to have you on. So. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I, I am excited. I've always, yeah. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I, when I was in high school, um, me and a, one of my close friends recorded two episodes of a podcast, just us, um, and that never saw the light of day. So, um, and then I also think I did something in college, which I don't even think I should talk about because it was horribly <laughs> embarrassing, frankly. <laughs> well, honestly, I might look back on this in like 10 years and be like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I don't um, think so, honestly. I don't well, think this is something to be embarrassed about. I think it's good. <laughs> Let's hope not. But, well, I start every episode off with asking how old you are, where you're from, uh, you know, where in New York City you live now, what you do. So if you could give some background on who you are, that'd yes. be great. I was about to say my name. Um, <laughs> I'm 26 years old. I grew up in Westchester, New York. I live in Bedford-Stuyvesant. I live in Bed-Stuy. I went to school in Oberlin, Ohio. Maybe that's specific enough information for someone to know who I am, but if they know me, then they know me. Yeah, I do a lot of writing and comedy performance. I work in film. I work on sets and stuff. Yeah, that's that's the lowdown. So what brought you to New York? What brought me to New York was needing to go somewhere, frankly. I graduated college into the pandemic, and I like lived in Boston for a little bit and was gardening <laughs> um, during quarantine and writing and stuff and I like couldn't work on any of the stuff that I wanted to work on like there was no film work happening at all for a fella like me then I went back to Westchester for a little bit and then I knew other people who were finally going to move to New York and I wanted to be around young people with life and creativity and I shipped on over here and it's been two years so not that long not long enough honestly two years is a decent amount of time yeah and I usually ask like where are places that you like to go out and where are places you like to eat interesting well what do you mean go out <laughs> well it could be like whatever going out is to you if it if that's like yeah. going clubbing or going to a bar or you know where you might meet your friends, like, yeah. in the evening. In the evening time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to go out a lot for performances and, like, mm -hmm. comedy. Because I do, like, a lot of shows and stuff. And a lot of socializing and networking is literally just you go to a show and then afterwards you go to a bar and you, like, chat and you drink. And 
So honestly, I, unless it's like a special thing where like, oh, all my friends are going to get together and we're going to go to like a bar and play cards in a booth at like Coyote Club. That's an Mm. example of a place I like to go out, I guess. Then I I would kind of rather not, (laughs) (laughs) frankly, which is hard because, well, actually your ex-boyfriend, who's my best friend, um, is someone who loves to go out. And I continually let him down weekend after weekend by him being like, oh, check out all of these events that I want to go to. And then I am like, well, that sounds really fun. Like, I think I'm just going to like stay home tonight. (laughs) I'm like planning on getting in bed by like 1130. Yeah, you're you're an early bird. Like you like, I feel like you're kind of a homebody. I can be. You know, you're interesting, actually, because you are you are doing a lot of things all the time. I feel like you're constantly posting about your like, comedy shows and things like that like you're really on top of that and that's like an outgoing thing to do you Mm -hmm. know especially comedy like you have to put yourself out there you're like performing in front of people yeah so maybe like that's why you on your off time like want to be at home or just chill I think so I think I don't want to have to give that energy too much Like going clubbing and going dancing to me, like I love to dance. Like I did dance in school too, so Mm -hmm. different kind of dance, but. (laughs) You want to expand on that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a vague statement. Um, (laughs) So I love like clubbing and just like dancing and doing whatever the fuck. Can I curse? Yeah. Okay. Whatever the fuck. (laughs) people do on the dance floor but I also did like contemporary dance at school and like studied that a little bit and just moving around you know yeah what was the kind of improv that contact improv contact improv improv. separate from comedy improv it is I I have okay I've been on dates and and it's come up both that I do perform comedy improv and Mm -hmm that I'd like to do contact improv and people have people have gone a long time knowing me thinking that contact improv was like I'm doing this weird thing where I'm like dancing and telling jokes and like (laughs) I'm like trying to make you laugh by dancing or something which is not what it is not what that is you want to explain what it is (laughs) yeah it's like it's a contemporary dance form that's like very like it can be very flowy or like acrobatic and it's like a somatic study too. So it's all about like bodies and movement and like, sometimes it's a little much for me. Like it bored the types of people who do it range a good deal, but I think a lot of them are older hippies, honestly. And I think that's fun at times, but then sometimes I'm like, we don't connect on that much other than this thing (laughs) we're doing right now. Yeah. That's (laughs) valid. But yeah, you're, you're like somebody who has a lot of I think hobbies and interests and you're you're like active about doing those things, but you're not really like I need to like go to a bar, go to a club like every weekend. No, I don't get much from that, frankly. Yeah. I find it and like why am I there is kind of my question. Is like, mm. am I there to talk? Like I can't really hear people. <laughs> so I'm like not here for conversation. Am I here? To, I don't necessarily love I think it can be fun to drink and go out, but I don't like love to drink maybe the music is good and I'm going to have a really good time dancing and that happens. And I also like an event. Like I like having something to do with my friends where we Mm -hmm. go and do something fun, but also I would have so much more fun with my friends if I could hear them, you know, (laughs) you're just an old man. (laughs) I guess I'm like, I'm I'm 70. Literally. I feel like your friends are also similar to you. So like maybe with the exception of like, my ex mm-hmm. like <laughs> I know that he likes to go out a lot yeah because he enjoys music and he enjoys clubs and dancing but like 
your I feel like your friend group generally is like we would rather kind of chill someplace at like someone's house or something like that. I think that's generally true. Although he finds a way to like meet people and be social out. So maybe it's possible and I just don't know how to do it. I mean, honestly, I I like admire him for that. Like he's good at doing things on his own. I'm Mm -hmm. not somebody who's like that. Like I'm good at meeting people, but I don't choose to do things alone. Like if if I'm going to an event or something, like I'm going to want to go with someone. Like I don't. Do you feel that way with most of your own events? Well, most my like own events, I feel like one are my job, so I'm working during it, and then I always usually have at least one person, like one friend of mine, who's showing up. Mm. I don't know in any like any point that I haven't had like a single person I don't know there. So I always have like okay. some level of support, um, whether it's like my family or my friends or at the time like my partner. So yeah, yeah, it, it's a different kind of like when I have my own events, it's not necessarily viewed to me as like my social like gathering for yeah. that time. Cause again, it's work. Like oftentimes I'm like making sure the DJs are good, making You're sure that's secure. Yeah. I'm in host mode. So it's like, it doesn't fill the same cup as like hanging out with my friends or like, yeah, going out so- with them. Are you are you like me? Because you what you do demands a lot of social energy. So Am like- I like you? Interesting. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm like you. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think I'm like you at all. Because prior to me doing all of these events. Could I be more different from you? Like, yeah, like we're very, clear. very different. <laughs> like, I, I feel like prior to me like throwing any events ever, like I was chronically outside. Like, Okay. I love going out. I love like dancing, going to clubs, like more like my ex. Like that's where I got a lot of enjoyment, going to parties, like meeting people. So would you would you seven years ago love going to drinks first events? Yeah, I think so. Cool. I definitely would have. Um and I think I enjoy going to them now too. Like I don't I only want to put on events that I would actually want to go to. Mm-hmm. And maybe hopefully that's like why it's been like successful because other people resonate with that. Like I'm very picky about what DJs I want to play at my events, what venues I decide to throw things at. Cause like, I don't want to just do something somewhere that I'm like, ugh, like I'm dreading going to this because it sounds lame. Like I wouldn't want to do that. So. Yeah. And where can someone find a drinks first event oh my near God. them? Am I being interviewed right now? Uh, you can find a drinks first event at drinks.first on Instagram. Ooh. But I feel like you have enjoyed a drinks first event every now and then. I have. They're fun. They're, I, they are fun. <laughs> In my opinion, I know that you've had to like, it might not be the top of your list of things to do, but... I think that is, they have been, for me at least, experiences that have felt special because also I <laughs> – this leads to something that's kind of funny. But I got to go to one of your events and I got to cut the line once and <laughs> and that was, like, awesome to me. Like, there was literally, like, the felt – Rope. Bar- the felt rope barrier, like, blocking people off and, like, there were a bunch of bouncers there, like, picking people out of the crowd. And then I get to, like, wade to the front and be like, I know Ariana. Like, I'm, like, I, you, everyone knows me. Everybody knows <laughs> um, Like, I'm on the list. And they're like, come on in. And that was sick. 
I mean, if you want to come to an event again and that's okay. the case, like you, I can make sure that happens again. <laughs> I might have to take you up on it just for that. That, um, that moment made your drinks first event experience. <laughs> not really. I mean, the rest of the event was also incredibly fun. Like I enjoyed dancing at them. There was the one night that was, was it on Diwali? Maybe, yeah. You guys came last year on the Valley, yeah. yeah. And that was that was a lot of fun. I like dance. I that was like maybe one of the latest nights I've stayed up because I like stayed up till towards the end of the event. And yeah. I well, haven't you like had some success at Drinks First events before? Are you asking if I've kissed anybody? I'm asking if you've had success. You can define <laughs> that however success. you wanna define that. I define success as falling asleep with a smile on my face. No. All right. Um <laughs> I I have that was fun. That was like the last dance floor kiss I have had since like forever. That was like over a year ago. Wow. Yeah, like easily over a year ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have. That was fun. I just I like met somebody dancing, which is not something I really ever have. I feel like some people do that all the time where you'll meet mm-hmm. someone on the dance floor, you'll see each other on the dance floor, and then you'll dance a little bit, and then you'll like talk, and then you'll like kiss Make and out. then dance. Yeah. And then and that has never been a part of my life. You know, <laughs> I was at bar mitzvahs, I was like on the wall, like watching my like brave friends, like try and like, I never stepped into the grind line. The you grind know? line, you never <laughs> stepped into the grind line. Yeah, that's, that's where it all started. The bar mitzvah grind line. Like, that was like a type of socialization I rejected because I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I, that makes sense because you don't like to go out. So like, obviously you're not going to have that many experiences where you're like diff mowing, which is mm-hmm. like dance floor make out. Yeah, I'm, um, not that, I'm not that sheltered. I know what a diff okay. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you are a chronic dater. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Allegedly, I'm I'm allegedly saying that. Well, you're making an accusation. I will defend myself. Yeah. What's your response? My response is, what the what the heck? <laughs> um, I'm not a chronic dater, but the past seven months, I've seen more people than I have seen in my entire life, like many times over. And it has been like it's been like an experience of a lot of like opening up and learning and like trying to investigate things that I think I. I previously was maybe like a little too nervous or like mm. overly cautious about and just trying to not catch up, but but catch up a little bit on firsthand experience of what I want and what I really don't want and how I act in these situations. It's been really interesting. Yeah. So like what has motivated you in the past set? Like what changed? Why did you start doing what you're doing and what are you doing? That- yeah in the past seven months. So it's interesting because right now, like in these past two weeks, I've kind of decided that I'm exiting this phase okay. a little bit. So I guess you're catching me at an interesting time. Mm. I guess what I did was I moved here and I started going on apps and trying to meet people looking for something that was unclear and slightly undefined because maybe I want to be in love or maybe I just like want to, hook up or something and I think it's interesting to notice what those feelings are when you are alone and just living your life and what those feelings are when the reality of other people come into the picture because I think it's easy to fantasize and yearn but it's not as practical a a set of emotions all the time Mm -hmm. I guess what it was was I just started dating a lot I started like going on a lot of dates and for a really long time it was horrible and not fun and like (laughs) so demoralizing and 
debilitating and I would I would put a lot of energy into like talking to people and then I'd like mm-hmm. I would go on these dates that would last like genuinely I went on one date that lasted eight hours <laughs> and we went out for drinks and this person didn't ask like a single question but somehow it like kept I was like you there's no way you're having a good time on this date I was like giving so much energy and asking so many questions and being so engaged and I had this weird like somewhat dissociative moment where we were sitting we we're getting drinks and across the room there was this birthday party it was like someone's 27th birthday party mm-hmm. and every once in a while I'd like hear them erupt in laughter and joy and <laughs> I had this weird moment of just wishing I were there and then I went <laughs> I I went to the bathroom. I excused myself to the bathroom about like three and a half hours into this date. You were at drinks for three and a half hours? This was an eight-hour date. We met up at seven. But only at drinks? Like, did you do other things? No, so we got drinks one place, and then we got food, and then we got drinks somewhere else. And you're probably wondering why didn't you leave and I kind of tried to but I that is a skill I had to learn which was to be able to just be like I am I'm leaving I am leaving wait how did you meet this person and like why do you think the date went on for so long we met on hinge Mm -hmm. I think the date went on for so long because I eventually did start dropping hints that I was like oh I was tired I had to do something early the next day Mm -hmm. maybe wrapping it up but those never were picked up and then she would initiate maybe doing another activity Mm. or like going to another spot. And there was, okay, I don't remember the specifics. This was well over a year ago, but there was something wrong with the trains. So it felt like it was like an imposition to almost end the date because (laughs) she would have to like take a bus to a train or something. I've I've been there. I mean, my first date with my ex, I also felt like I was putting in a lot of energy and I didn't, you don't know this? No. (laughs) I thought I've spoken – I mean, like, I, I would say it in front of him, too. Like, we've talked about it. I didn't think he liked me at all. Mm, like, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, like, I – and sometimes, you know, I'm good at talking, and sometimes I'm in my head, and I'm like, is this a good date, or am I just good at talking? And, like, am I just, like, good at listening mm-hmm. to myself? Mm-hmm. And then we split the bill, which yeah, – uh, Yeah. Does that register for you as a lack of interest? I think it was that – on top of everything else. Okay. Because I will always offer to split the bill on a first date unless I'm, like, going on a date with somebody who's maybe, like, significantly older or something Mm -hmm. that, like, I'm just, like, okay, maybe I would expect for you to pay for this. Mm -hmm. But I will, like, always offer to pay, especially if I know the guy I'm, like, going on a date with might not have the same, like, spending power as I do. Mm -hmm. I can pay for my own shit. I don't have a problem doing that, and I always mean it. So when he said, okay, sure, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was like that along with like not having any like anything else that I was getting from him. And then yeah. after that, he after we like left the bar, he was like, oh, do you want to keep hanging out? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, do you want to like get another drink somewhere else? And yeah. we were like in a random area we ended up like going to bodega and like picking up tall boys or something and like we ended up hanging out like the whole night and it was Did you that, guys like, kiss that night we kissed that night we kissed on our first date but it was a few hours into the date and again like not much contact was like being made and so i just like wasn't sure but the fact that he like asked to continue the date made me you know be like okay he's into it and mm-hmm. we did kiss, and I really hope my mom's not listening to this, but I like it was a similar situation where like it was one, his birthday, 
Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was the day we went on a I date totally the day before that. his birthday. So now it's like after midnight. So yeah. it's like officially his birthday. Yeah. And it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I live in Manhattan and he lives deeper in Brooklyn. And it was like a school night. Mm-hmm. And so I I didn't want to be like, take your ass home. Like, go. Like, I felt I felt like that would have been rude for me to be like, you have because we were at my apartment. I was like, do you want to sleep here? And I yeah. I had also just moved into my apartment the day before. <laughs> I had a mattress on my floor. That's all I had. Awesome. <laughs> and so it was like one of those situations where I was like, because of the situation, I feel weird, like inconveniencing you. But I, you know, I was having a nice time also. So he did sleep over on mm-hmm. our first date, but nothing happened. So <laughs> yeah, mom, it was just <laughs> like out of out of necessity, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you you slept under the covers. He slept on top of the covers. Like yeah, we we, we were actually back back. head to feet, like <laughs> back to back. He was on top of the covers. Yeah, there was no contact made whatsoever. He was in his jeans and shoes. <laughs> he was still wearing his shoes. Um, but yeah, I like obviously I had a good time, and then we like I got to know him more over a few dates, and that's why I always like say to people now which it's like i always think you should give somebody a second chance like on a date if you're just unsure about it if you're like teetering and nothing bad has happened on it like you don't get the initial like if you're like oh i'm just not sure then you should always go on another date yeah that that's my opinion some people are like no you absolutely should like shouldn't waste your time if you don't have a spark with someone off the bat i don't know if i agree with that i don't know if i agree either i've been on a lot of dates where I haven't enjoyed it. Um, And I think I can confidently say I'm glad I didn't go on second dates. I also think I sometimes have a bad habit of agreeing to a second date, or I used to have a bad habit. I don't think I do this at all anymore, but I used to go on second dates with Mm -hmm. people. That you knew you didn't like? I knew I wasn't interested in them. Okay, that's different. Yeah. You on your dates, like, you've, you've been going on a lot. You said it's only in the past seven months, but you said that like, when you moved to New York, you felt like you had to date more. So, like, what was what were you doing between, like, the last seven months and you moving to New York? Like, that's, like, a year and a half. Yeah. So, I guess during that time, I was still less, I guess, with less of a concerted effort and intention trying to date. Mm-hmm. Like, when I first moved here, I didn't have any friends. None of my friends had moved here. I was here mostly Oh, I didn't alone. know that. Yeah. Um, for two months before really anybody month and a half before anybody else moved here. And then it was like one person and then eventually more people showed up. But mm-hmm. um, so I had to just make friends on my own. And part of that I figured I could do through dating apps, which actually didn't work out as well as I had expected <laughs> or hoped. But so at first I was going on some dates that way that were okay. And then for a long time, I would go through waves of trying to go on dates and going on dates that were not good. And then losing the will to continue (laughs) um, and stopping. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. So how are you like choosing who you want to go on a date with? Like I'm guessing you're meeting these people through apps. Like 
what apps and like what are you looking for to like what's the minimal viable like person that you would say yes to going on a date with full transparency into whatever part of my brain is active <laughs> when i'm swiping on an app mm-hmm. um initially i was just on i guess i use all of them but i not, not actively but i was on hinge i was a little bit on tinder i kind of hate tinder it's never i don't think i've gone on a single date from tinder i Started going on fields, but that was part more part of honestly when I started the seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And Hinge and Hinge, I think, has been the most common. No Bumble. One. Oh, Bumble too. Bumble too. Okay. A little, a little Bumble here and there. Where do you think you've had the most success? Definitely Hinge. Okay. I think it. I don't know the numbers game of a dating app, but mm-hmm. I think it's easier to not fall into obscurity in the sea of white men with long hair. <laughs> Um, on on Hinge when I can say something. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy the amount of... I recently was trying to fathom the amount of my life. I tried to put into a percent the amount of my life I've spent trying to think of a witty first line (laughs) on Hinge. Like scouring someone's profile for something small to notice and be like, here's this. Is that how you usually start conversation with someone? It can be. Or sometimes I'll find myself with inhibitions lowered and I'll just send a message more freely. Yeah. And frankly, like- oftentimes that will just work out better. I <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know if I can come up with an example of a hinge opener for you. <laughs> so, okay, you're using hinge. Like what kind of people are you going on dates with? Because it kind of sounds like to me when you first got here, you're like, I'll just meet like anyone really. A little bit. Uh, but I also definitely try and keep an open mind about whoever it is I'll go on a date with. Like, I think I've really gone on dates with the gambit of people that are in their 20s in New York at mm-hmm. the moment from, like, all different sections of New York. Like, I've gone on a date that was right by the ferry to Staten Island because it was someone from Staten Island, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's open-minded. <laughs> it was very open-minded to date someone from Staten Island. And I think they were from Staten Island and they were just like still living there. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a very good date, but um, I don't know. I don't know what I would, I'm sure maybe somebody could go through all the people I've gone on dates with and be like, oh, here is your type. But mm-hmm. I, I am not that person. I you don't feel like you have a type. No, I honestly don't. Like there's nothing about somebody physically or emotionally that like draws you to them. I mean, <laughs> I think funny people. I like funny people. Mm-hmm. I like people who are engaged, passionate people and people who are funny and can just banter and chat mm-hmm. because I think that makes it so much easier to connect and have other real conversations if you have this kind of foundation method of communication. I do not know how people who don't laugh a lot talk to each other genuinely. <laughs> I literally cannot imagine a full conversation between people like that. Yeah. So do you feel like every person you go out with, like, do you talk to people a lot before you agree to go out on a date? Or are you somebody who just likes to like go on a date as quickly as possible? I've done both. I mm-hmm. definitely prefer to meet someone a little quicker mm-hmm. because I don't want to be messaging and texting someone forever and then realize I don't like them the moment I encounter them in real life. Yeah. You don't really have a type. You're like, me. how many dates do you think you kind of have been on in the past year? Oh, God. I feel like I'm outing myself for something bad, but this <laughs> isn't a bad thing and I have to remind myself that. <laughs> <laughs> The past year? Are you talking about first dates? Sure. Let's do first dates. Just first dates? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What about first dates and then not first dates? Okay. 
in the past seven months, I would say I've probably gone on, there have been weeks in a month where I have gone on a, a different date all five days of the week. Oh, that has only happened once. That has only been gosh. one week out of the past few months. You went on five dates, and it was not fun. a week. <laughs> it was a stupid, it was a bad idea. Wait, so, so are help. you paying on all of these dates? Well, it depends on the date. Okay, tell I, me more. It's not always, it's not always drinks first, right? Like I, I also have gone on dates that are like, oh, we meet in Prospect Park and we like hang out and we walk around or we'll sit on a blanket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that will involve buying something as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there have been – that's part of why I'm also stopping <laughs> this dating spree is it is expensive and there's so much I would rather spend money on. It's financially money. and emotionally taxing. How do you even get like five people to – like <laughs> – To agree to hang yeah, out with me? To like go on a date with you in the span of like one week. Like, what are you doing that you're getting so many people <laughs> going on a date with you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think it was because, like, I rescheduled some things and I was just trying to schedule nights. And it's crazy because I'm also performing a lot. And yeah. frankly, as we established earlier, I would oftentimes just rather stay at home. Yeah. So the fact that I found one week where I wasn't – I didn't necessarily have a show, didn't have other plans. I'm sure I overrided some other plan with friends to go on at least one of those days. You, you do that. You're, like, somebody who will be like, I will go on this date instead of going to hang out with my friends which if i've scheduled the date i feel like it's disrespectful to that person to cancel it but you're also somebody who schedules a date on like a friday and a saturday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i i'm of the opinion that like i you shouldn't like fake being busy but if a guy is like like let's go out on a first date on like a friday or saturday night i'm gonna be like you don't have anything better to do on like a Friday or Saturday night like don't you have like friends you want to see or like people you want to meet like those my weekend nights I feel like are saved for that I'm like I would be more open to going on a date on like a Tuesday night you know lower stakes I guess I feel on a weeknight school nights that I value that kind of time to myself or my friends more which Mm -hmm. often isn't as big events it's not as i'm not going and doing bigger things those nights necessarily but i don't know what is a weekend for if not something kind of like fun and flirty like going to a bar and like having a drink with someone okay so you you did answer my question about how many dates you've been on yeah i don't think i can (laughs) because i don't know do you have an estimate There were definitely even times during this dating period where I went a a period without or I'd go weeks without dates. Of course. Um, Also, like, why seven months? Like, what happened seven months ago that, like, changed everything? It was getting warmer. (laughs) (laughs) There were the the chemicals in the air changed. Right. Like, I need to be free. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to guess 40. Wow. Is that... That's I a lot. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be way less, and it could be it could be way more. <laughs> <laughs> that's like you know, that's almost once a week that you're meeting a lot of people. Yeah. What What's like 
the worst date you've been on out of all of those in the past year? I mean, there are those existentially demoralizing dates, like the one I started describing earlier, where I wished I was at a birthday party of <laughs> Europeans. That sounds fun, honestly. <laughs> It was. I was. I was actually in the middle of saying earlier that I then went to the bathroom and the sister of the person whose birthday it was and I started talking online for the bathroom and immediately the conversation was a thousand times better than <laughs> than anything I found in these eight hours with this other person. <laughs> eight hours is work. That was a job. I I had dated work. like it was my job. <laughs> That's so much work. Did you ever get like? Did I get paid? No. No. I was gonna ask if you got the the sister's like number or something. No, I didn't. That would be kind of savage. Was, <laughs> you think that would be what? Kind of savage, like going on a date and getting another girl's number. That would be crazy. That would be bizarre. <laughs> I have not done that. You're, um, not, you're not toxic like that. I'm not toxic like that. But Maybe. in other ways? Maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Not that I know. Mm, do I know? I don't have to go into that. <laughs> well, that's like exactly what I want to go into. <laughs> okay. What am I, there's four questions floating in the air right now. I know. There's so many. <laughs> I haven't gotten a single straight answer. You haven't gotten a single answer. straight answer. I may be giving too many conditional <laughs> disclaimers at the beginning of each of them that lead to another question. Was that eight-hour date the worst date you've been on in the past year? It's up there. There have been dates where the person has just kind of made me feel bad about myself and like they're kind of just mean, but those I can leave and then I text my friends about them and then it becomes something to laugh about. Yeah. Like in what way? Like there have been dates where I talk about myself and my life and what I'm interested in and they respond with like literally just even expressions that have been so cutting and then they stay on the date for a while. But I, that's, those are dates that I don't understand where they're like, this person thinks I am small and <laughs> laughable, but I am like, What sort of things could somebody say that makes you feel that way? Like talking about comedy stuff and mm-hmm. I've talked about like why I like doing it and how joyful I find it and how fun it is to connect with people and like how lucky I feel to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Like to be able to perform and have people come watch me perform. And that feels like a privilege a lot of the time that like people will spend their time watching me do something. So I want to be good at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've talked about like how joyful and childlike it can feel and how I think that's important and beautiful. And people have just given me the most dead eyed stares and been like, so like, you just make stuff up and like not under either not understanding even what it is or just I don't know I don't think I could replicate the intensity and tone of judgment sometimes you just hear and I think that's just people and I don't those those don't stick with me as much as those the the eight hour date which is just draining and horrible (laughs) okay what about like the best dates that you've been on in the past like year or so so I've had some that have been very exciting and I've met really cool people that I've really got along with. And like sometimes I've seen people and it's like lasted for a while and then they're just things have come up. So they've stopped for better or for worse, sometimes in weird, complicated ways and sometimes amicably, more often amicably. But I've had some weird dates. I once went on a date with someone from Fields and they just wanted to be held still. Um, So we like sat in a park for a while and then... (laughs) Like, <laughs> like that was like that was the intention, like going in, or that came up. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> um, and we like went in the park and we talked for a while, and then we like really got along and had a lot in common. And then it was one of those weird things. 
this isn't a weird thing. There was like a lot of chemistry in us talking and there's mm-hmm. like physical chemistry too. And this person was also a dancer. Mm. Um, then we like found ourselves like kind of, lying, kind of lying next to each other on our like blanket in the park. Then I held her still for a while. What, what does that mean? Like holding you still? She didn't, she didn't really know what it meant to her, but she was like, I want that. Like she just wanted to be held. Not even just to be held. The things she likened it to were being in an MRI or being in some situation where it is imperative that she remain absolutely still. And still. Quiet. Yeah. So, but and you hold her while I held she's her, like, and then she was kind. We were kind of like side body, like a little. She was like we we're kind of like lightly cuddling, you know. Okay. And that involves a little movement from multiple people. Right. And then I was like, hold. <laughs> I said, hold still. <laughs> And then she held still. And then we kind of just lay there for a while. But like your your like ha- hands are like around her in some regard. Yeah. You're you're not like still next to each other. No. <laughs> <I can't>. Sorry. <laughs> not to I don't wanna yuck anyone's yum. That's like the least that's like the it's so harmless, you know? Like it's so harmless, but it is peculiar. <laughs> There's no denying. So you you've clearly had some like interesting experiences. I feel like we haven't even touched on the like seven months of what of rest I, and relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe quite the opposite. Like Maybe what, a little bit the opposite. What what have you been up to in the past seven months? I've been experimenting to figure out what I was interested in from somebody else and what I would want from somebody else. Mm-hmm. I haven't really been in a super significant long-term relationship ever mm-hmm. in my life. I very much have always been very for myself in a lot of ways, which I guess ties into why I would oftentimes rather just spend time home alone mm-hmm. or whatever with not very many, but just closer friends. And a lot of that has come from me being a little more cautious and feeling as though, oh, maybe I'm not in the perfect place to be in a relationship so I can't fully be like emotionally accountable to this person and maybe I'd need to wait until things are more stable in my life before I enter some kind of more emotionally entangled relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think oftentimes that actually just comes from a place of being unsure for myself and feeling in ways afraid of everything that comes with that and because it's easier and more comfortable to just be on your own a lot of the times yeah I find I know some people find it to be the opposite yeah but I was just trying to put myself out there more and connect with different people and realize what worked and what didn't work and what I was drawn to and attracted to and what was actually maybe I thought I was attracted to and it turns mm-hmm. out is more of something that doesn't exist. Hmm. What what have you learned? Like, do you feel like all of this dating and whatever experiences you've had that you've gleaned more information about yourself that you were like looking for? Yeah. I think on one level, sexually, for example, yeah. I was more reserved and shy and like hadn't hooked up with that many people before this. Mm-hmm. And now I feel much more comfortable and I've always been a very physical person. Like I do dance and I like to move around and I think I'm a physically affectionate person. Mm-hmm. Part of why I went on that, <laughs> when I, why I held someone still is I went into a phase of being open to seeing what people are into. Yeah. Really, and then to figure out what I'm into. Like how do I know if I haven't tried it? If, yeah. if it doesn't sound horrible to me, maybe it's one of those things for me that I'll love. Definitely. What what other things did you try? 
things have definitely gotten a little kinkier over the past year. Okay. Um, which has been fun. I mean, through field, I've met a lot of people and that yeah. is mostly like a poly and M more kink based community mm-hmm. of people. So it's a little self-selecting in that way. And I found yeah. that exciting. And there's a lot of weird people. I found the, the men on there. I sometimes kiss boys. If everyone I've talked about so far has not been a boy. Right. Do you consider yourself like bi? I do, but I find, especially in this past seven months in my year of rest and relaxation, that has been a more confusing journey to start doing. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to have to have its own year of rest and relaxation <laughs> to get to the bottom of. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think like, obviously, like all sexuality bisexuality is a spectrum yeah. and I have I have friends I know people who identify as bi and are maybe romantically more hetero like they can only imagine themselves in a relationship with somebody of the opposite sex as opposed to like having it be equally split in terms of desire I, I think that those like two levels of like romantic versus like physical are also a sliding scale when it comes to bisexuality from what I have witnessed, not from- I also think in my experience, a lot of for me, what's interesting about that is what habits, practices, and ways of interacting with people I know how to do and have clearer Mm -hmm. examples for of how to, of what's the courting process like for flirting Mm -hmm. with men and like hooking up. And a lot of time on apps, what turns me off from going on dates with men is if I'm far quicker to mistrust a man and be like, you have bad intentions. You want to like hook up with me. But I'm like, obviously we're like talking on that. Maybe you want to hook up with me. And men can often be much more forward. Like when I'm yes. talking to men, they'll just send me a message that's like, holy shit, like I bet your dick is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't want to talk to you. And then sometimes they'll seem really cool and cute and sweet. And then that'll be its own intimidating way of going about it. And I just, Mm -hmm. it's not a process I'm familiar enough with Mm -hmm. to jump into as easily. So you don't, do you feel like you haven't necessarily gotten like so much clarity on your sexuality in these past seven months, but in terms of like, oh, trying to label it one way over another versus just like, oh, you're maybe more sexually experienced now in the past like seven months? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. I think that's accurate. At what point did you realize that, like, you know, maybe you were into more than just ladies? Um, <laughs> I kissed your ex-boyfriend's cousin once, and that was one of the first men I kissed. I, oh, oh, wait, which cousin? <laughs> 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 that wasn't my moment of divine realization. Was that, the, that was the first boy you kissed? Like, he was the first boy I ever kissed. And that was at school? I was at school. Like in your like freshman year or something or like later on? I think it was my other end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year. Okay. So it was like in the middle of school. Yeah. On the dance Interesting. floor. On the it's, dance floor, I had a diffmo. You had a diffmo with my ex-boyfriend's cousin. <laughs> 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 wow. I didn't know that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Was that something that like you were curious about or it just like happened and you were yeah, like, Yeah, oh. I was curious about it. I was curious about it because I mean I went to Oberlin and it's the gayest place on, yeah, on Mother Earth. I was about to say, like um, which honestly in a lot of ways made it way harder to try and start exploring that. Because it was yeah. something I thought of before in high school, it had been present in my mind. Yeah. Um But then I get there and everybody is so cool and gay that if I was like, I'm not cool and maybe gay, (laughs) um, 
then no chance I'll be eaten by the worm, by the snakes. By know? the snakes. <laughs> by the gay snakes. By, the, by all the gay snakes <laughs> moving around. <laughs> it's definitely a tough environment in a different way that people would imagine because it's like I think at schools like Oberlin and Wesleyan and maybe even like NYU and stuff there are people who come in so sure about their sexuality mm-hmm. and that's like it's just like a given yeah like oh everyone like I feel like everyone at Oberlin was like queer for the, for most, the most part, part. Yeah. yeah like even my friends who went to Oberlin um my yeah. straightest friend at Oberlin is now dating uh, is a woman and is now in a long-term relationship with a woman so <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, she was like by far my straightest friend and is now. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to be surrounded by a community like that where a lot of people are very open about their sexuality that in a way you have to kind of like also be questioning it Mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, Like I feel like my college experience was we people were very like I'm trying to think there were definitely queer people like in – like, I was in a sorority. Like, we had queer people yeah. in our sorority, but, like, nobody was, like, ew, gross, you know? But it it wasn't, like, an an experience being in, like, one of these small liberal arts schools where everybody's, like, kind yeah. of hyper-focused on that. I have – I had a close friend who was in a queer relationship for a while, and then she left the relationship and then started dating a man and was socially, like, bombed for – like being called like not gay anymore and (gasps) lost like social standing and like was excommunicated from a group of friends for that and it was so it was so interesting (sighs) the way that and that was like at oberlin Mm -hmm. i i just i don't think that's the 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 universal story of of a place like oberlin but that did happen and i think that can happen and is sad yeah that is sad i have feelings i about both just like liberal arts school kind of like mindset versus also we had very like toxic shit in my college experience as well that was very like you know fratty and straight and like a lot of behavior that men did like slid very easily um so I don't think one is better than the other but they're both like I think that's the key like one is not better than the other Mm -hmm. like you might think that like being at a school that is so open-minded quote unquote, it's like so open-minded all the way to the other side that it's like Mm -hmm. closed-minded in a way. It's also a period of time where you're switching brain mindsets from K through 12 to adulthood by being in college and feeling and learning and engaging with more interesting ideas and like the real world in a different way. And I think a lot of people unknowingly retained a lot of those schoolyard instincts Mm. that I think come out a lot of the time. Yeah. You explored your sexuality a bit in college. Have you? I ever... wouldn't say I did, honestly. Oh, you didn't. Okay. I don't think I did. No. What do you feel like you have then at all? Or I've had a f- choice number of experiences that mm-hmm. have been moments of exploring that, and then and, and then a lot of time thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you been thinking about? It really has broken down into like conversations with myself that are far too convoluted to fully rehash, but Mm -hmm. trying to think about like what I'm attracted to in people in general and what I like and what I think I'm drawn to and what kind of connections I like. And then when do I feel myself hesitant to let myself be attracted to people Mm -hmm. and what is that about? And then I've thought about different relationships in my life and I've had like 
I've looked back at friendships I've had growing up that have been like so sexually charged and obviously sexually charged and been like, yeah, duh, I was attracted to this person and they were like my best friend. And I don't know. So I've just reflected on a lot of relationships and also the way I approach meeting people and Mm. the way I think about all of that. I'm like, we need to give this, like, past seven months, like, a name. Like, this, like... My <laughs> year of like, rest and relaxation. Your year of rest and relaxation. Like, well, I guess part of me is, like, seven months ago... I see this with me as well. Like, just seeing where I'm at, like, versus where my friends are at. Mm. And, like, I... And how that, like, dictates. Like, over time, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, like, two years ago when I was single, like, all of my friends were single. Mm-hmm. Now, two years later a lot of them are in relationships and I was too for a a while and now I'm not and so it's like interesting to be this age and be single and like see Mm. where other people are in life like do you feel like you do that at all with you and your friends obviously your best friend was like in a relationship with me for some amount of time and that was (laughs) (laughs) like absolutely go off um but then also one of your other close friends is in and like your roommates in a relationship and one that's different from like what me and my ex had like they had a different relationship structure so like do you think you were ever influenced by like any of that happening around you i honestly don't think so Mm -hmm. i think i mean obviously there's Sometimes it was annoying to be the only single friend. And I think it totally goes through seasons. Like a lot of my close friends now aren't really in relationships Mm -hmm. and when they were before. I don't think I ever felt I need the need to compare myself. I do when I see friends from high school getting married. I think about that. And then I think about the fact that, you know, my parents had children. My mom was having her second child at my age. Oh, my God. It was (laughs) fucked up. Yeah, that's um, fucked up. <laughs> and she thinks it's fucked up too, which is because it lets me relax a little bit. <laughs> I also told my mom I was coming on this podcast before, and I really don't want her to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you tell her that? <laughs> because I thought it was fun. It and is I fun. knew she would find it fun that this is yeah. happening. <laughs> your mom's a chiller, though, right? Like, my mom is a chiller. Yeah. So your year of rest and relaxation, what, what else have you experienced sexually? And also, do you... We, we touched very tinily on this, but, like, do you consider yourself maybe in a different relationship structure, like, ethically non-monogamous or poly? Like, do you think that's something that you're, you align to or are interested in, or have you learned the opposite? It's a complicated question, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, you're hitting me with a question I have to think about. <laughs> because none of the ones before you had to. <laughs> I not even a hair of a thought. <laughs> Um, structure-wise, in terms of monogamy, ENM, polyamory, all of the above, I have thought about that a good amount, and I think I would need—I would need to be in a relationship and feel feel it out to understand what works. Because I know people who have been very jealous and controlling, and felt the need, and could never imagine themselves in a relationship like mm-hmm. that who are now in long-term loving relationships that are open in different ways mm. that work for them and they don't feel any jealousy because because of the person they're with and because of who they are now. Mm. So I think I would really need to feel out what the relationship is Yeah, to make a real declaration about that. You're open to it, though. I'm open to it. Yeah. 
I feel like there's very little I'm not open to <laughs> on principle, <laughs> unless well, it's like fucked up. <laughs> well, what have you? Okay, then what have you like experienced during your year of rest and relaxation? I don't know if there's anything that's crazy, wild, open experience. I haven't like been a part of a marriage. You know, I haven't been in an open. I've but I've spoken to people who have been like married, and I've almost been a, a consistent third for people, like a throuple. Yeah, like thruple energy. I don't think I could find myself in a thruple. I don't think I could go from not having had really that much of a serious relationship in my life to entering a thruple. The first one is a thruple. <laughs> Although that would be that'd be kind of iconic of me, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> like, so have you had a threesome? No. Okay, so that hasn't happened this year. That hasn't happened. Just because I'm open to things doesn't mean they come my way. Okay. <laughs> like, w- what has come your way? Mostly just, I mean, none of my experiences have been that radical, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm forgetting things that someone would slap me across the face and say, what are you talking about? This has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly been meeting a lot of very interesting people and connecting with people and feeling what that's like. Like I I um I hooked up with this person who started the Occupy Wall Street movement. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old were they? They were in their 40s. Oh, okay. Which was kind of crazy. It's like, um, how'd you meet? Field? We met that was someone I met out dancing. Oh, okay. She approached me and was like, I've been watching your hips move all night. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I honestly, for a moment, wasn't realized that this person was flirting with me, and then I I figured it out quick enough. But did you like ever see each other again, or was it like a one night stand? That person was visiting New York. Okay. I guess they're. I've learned more they, from they, the they relationship. They came up with Occupied Wall Street, and they don't live in New York. Yeah. Right. Wow. I think because in New they, York, they were telling me they were telling me about how. They were they were like, hey, do you think it's okay if I stay the night? Like, there is a chance that like operatives might try and come and like wake me up in the night. Shut up, really? Yeah, genuinely, I was like, oh, I think it's okay. Like, I'm not gonna like send you like to your hotel in the Upper West Side from Brooklyn right now. Did you like? Did you look her up after? Mm-hmm. It was, she was legit. She wasn't it was lying. Real. It was her. Oh my god, <laughs> that's, that's iconic. That's yeah, iconic. It's kind of iconic. You've also haven't you like hooked up with some like TikTokers or something? No, in high school I went to prom with the person who found, founded the Good Eats Instagram page. Though <laughs> <laughs> had like a million followers. I don't know if that's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I thought you like had hooked up with some like maybe maybe some. Is like, there big... someone specific you're thinking of? Yeah, I am. Um, but I think they went to Oberlin, though. Oh, wait. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Why do I know this and you don't? <laughs> because I've been on like 100 dates. Yeah, literally. <laughs> do you feel like you are ready for a relationship now? Like, what are you looking for? Because we're on this podcast. Let's say someone is interested in meeting you. Like, what I don't know if that doing? would happen. I feel like I haven't presented myself in the most lovable way. <laughs> <laughs> lovable person i, I feel like that. yeah like <laughs> i think you've just been honest about i yeah i want it. i'm trying to be honest yeah and i think people appreciate honesty so you know somebody okay. might be interested if you could like put out a bat signal for like somebody who might be ideal to you like what does that look like somebody who's funny whoa this is a crazy question you're asking me <laughs> another absolute zinger <laughs> It's um, my job. It's my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, to answer actually the first question about where I feel I'm at in terms of what I want to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. what I want, I think me exiting my year of rest and relaxation into 
a year of fervor and frenzy where I want to maybe rest and relax a little more. (laughs) The opposite. (laughs) The opposite. Um, I think I want to take a moment to look back a little more on what I've been feeling because there have been relationships I've had during this time where I've been like, well, why don't I want this to be a more significant long-term relationship? Mm. Like, is it because I don't want that? And I think there are times where I go back and forth a little bit, but maybe that also has to do with the person. Mm-hmm. And I don't know still to what extent how long I have to be seeing someone for me to know whether or not I want to be in a more committed relationship with these people, with someone. That's an, It's an interesting question to pose because I think I see patterns with people in relationships like that. Like there are certain benchmarks that people have in their mind that that's like these are times that you reevaluate. I think two months, mm. two to three months of consistently seeing someone is like when the conversation of maybe like are we still interested in seeing other people? Are we not? Like I think that conversation starts to surface around like seeing somebody consistently for like, you know, it, ma- it also matters how many dates you're going on in that amount of time. But like, That's what I was going to ask. What is consistent? Is consistently yeah. once a week? I kind of feel like at the beginning, consistently is definitely once a week. Like mm-hmm. that. that's like pretty consistent. And that might be coming from me. Like I have a very busy schedule. So if yeah. I'm carving out time to see you once a week, like that to me feels – like a lot of effort on my part to like see you consistently. Um, So I like, I think it's maybe relative, but yeah, I definitely think once a week is a good like benchmark. Are you saying you're not going on five dates a week? What is this? (laughs) (laughs) I can confidently say I have never in my life been on. Well, (gasps) no, I've never been on like a date every single day of the week. Mm. Um, I feel like I had my year of rest and relaxation when I was like 24. I was like living in Miami and Barcelona. And it was like the first time I had ever lived one outside of the country, like on my or just outside of the city on my own as an adult. So I feel like that was like my year of rest Mm. and relaxation. And that was like when I had like, you know, you download field, you like explore different things, like you have different experiences, you meet a lot of people. Yeah. Like everything you're describing, I feel like it's good for people to have that. I feel like I had a moment in my life that was like that. I feel like most people should have a moment in their life where they are exploring like what they like, what they don't like, what kinds of relationships work for them. I think monogamy is often pushed down our throats. Like maybe not for you being at Oberlin. It was probably more (laughs) just like open-minded, but I think certain relationship structures and also like being a woman, you worry about certain things at certain times of your life. Like now that I'm, going on 27, I'm starting to think more about like, okay, what's my timeline if I like want to have kids, you know, like that's something I have to actually start thinking about. So I think that year of rest and relaxation is so important to like understand kind of things that you want. Um, And when I came out of it, I entered a relationship. So my question back to you is like, do you feel like you're ready to do that? I think if I met somebody who I was – like the right person. Yeah, that's what it is yeah. ultimately. And that's kind of And all of these dates you've been on, you don't feel like you have. Yeah. And part of the I feel a lot of doubt about myself and that's part of 
the reflection I'm doing of like, well, why not? Why don't I feel this person could be someone like that? And sometimes I'm on a date with someone who's very similar to me, or sometimes I'm on a date with someone who's very different from me. I don't know. There's so many people who I think are awesome and deserving of love and great that I love spending time with, but I haven't felt that kind of excitement where I want them to be a key part of my life, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel like you put too much pressure on like that feeling of like excitement that you're not moving forward in certain relationships? Probably to some degree because there can be, there have been times, especially earlier on where I've been very excited to meet someone, you know, meeting people can be very new and exciting and feel fresh. Mm -hmm. And then that goes away. And then sometimes then what is the thing that, you want to have consistently from this other person and you were describing it as like partnership and being present and showing up and being more integrated in your lives in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Maybe I reach a point where that's what I'm thinking about. And then maybe the the excitement obviously isn't enough to hold up to that. Mm. So maybe, maybe I do end up measuring against the same thing. It just, I have to break quickly through this shell of being excited about something. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, I think it's definitely a weird feeling where you start to assess like, oh, can this be something more serious and like why and how? It's also so weird that there's so much that someone can say about any of this. Like we're just, (laughs) we're just people. We're just people. It's like, it's so My experience is so different from like what your experience might be. Totally. And like our wants and needs might be so different. So that's why like I don't consider that this is not an advice podcast. It's just not like we're just talking about our personal experiences. So I end every episode with a segment called Shots. They're rapid fire questions. Are you ready to do some shots? Yeah, I'm excited. Early bird or night owl? See, I can't answer questions like that quickly. (laughs) I like both. You have to. <laughs> I like both. I stay up late and I love when no one's awake and it's 6 a.m. <laughs> Work hard or play hard? Why do I have to choose? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is not fair. Why can't I do both? Dine out or delivery? None of these are questions that I will, that I feel like I can answer one way or the other. This is not fair. I like love going out for dinner, but why? I also love like having sushi at home. This is not fair. <laughs> the whole point is that you have to choose one. This is bullshit. I'm calling bullshit. Laundry or dishes? Laundry. Oh my god. We're getting somewhere. TikTok or Instagram? Uh, Instagram, I think. Money or fame? Money. Coca-Cola or Pepsi? I don't drink soda, really. Uh, Coca-Cola, though, because Coca-Cola. Spicy or mild? Spicy. Coffee date or drink date? <sighs> You're asking questions I don't feel like I can say one or the other. It's not fair. (laughs) But I guess I'll go drinks because I think that's kind of like romantic and spicy. What's your favorite season? Used to be summer, but now it's the shoulder seasons, fall and spring. What's your favorite song right now? I think I would say Bless Me by Moses Sumney. What is your drink of choice? Uh, Moscow Mule. And if you had a boat, what would you name it? Um, Paul Boston. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's everything. Woo! Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Of course. And um, if you're interested in matching with our guest, you can 
either go to our flow page, flow.page slash drinks first, and there is a form there. It'll also be in the description of the episode. Or you can go to our Instagram at drinks.first on Instagram and go to our link in bio there where you can see all of our events, apply to be on the podcast, and match with this guest. Tell me an embarrassing tell me an embarrassing story if like you submit something to say to me. <laughs> just like say something embarrassing. Okay, that's what he's looking for. <laughs> I'm looking for someone embarrassing. <laughs> um, and I'm your host, Ariana Nathani. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Ariana.Nathani. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.